Good afternoon, sports fans. You're listening to the Perpetual Diehards podcast, the podcast born out of quarantine boredom during this COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Paul Smith, along my co-host, Andrew Fiore. We're here to bring you another hour filled of sports talk reminiscing on better times when we had live sports. We've got an hour to talk about things, so let's get going. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm ready to have a great show. We teased this last week, but it is our reminiscence show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best personally attended sporting events for the experience or the game, and it should be a fun hour. This is where Perpetual Diehards is going to come out at its best. This was the reason we started the show. We wanted to look back at the past, talk about things, talk about times when things were better, when we had live sports to look at and watch and cheer about. We don't have much of that right now, but we have our memories, and our memories, as you've said, Andrew, are crisp. So without further ado, um, let's get going. Um, I Before we started this podcast, I was listening to the Dropkick Murphys live show at Fenway Park, which I thought was really cool. I don't, I don't know if you follow Dropkick Murphys. I know you're not a Red Sox fan, but Dropkick Murphys is a very popular punk rock, Irish rock band. And uh, they're doing something great for charity. So it, it, it was great to listen to them. I don't know if you tuned in at all. I did not, but I think it's great that we still have uh, some sort of a normal event going on in the middle of all this to give hope to people. All right, you ready to uh, let's get let's get some house cleaning done. House cleaning done before we get too far. So we've got MLB and NHL coming closer. To a, to a start date, right? Yeah, that's right. NHL especially, they released the plans for a 2014 playoff, which isn't exactly how it seems. It's a little tricky this year. So they're going to have the top, I believe it's the top um, 16 teams. 24. 20, um, in each conference. The, oh, excuse so it would be the top 12 if it's yes. 24. That's right. Math. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Anyways, the top 12 teams in each conference, it'd be seeds 5 through 12 playing in the first round, and the first four teams would get a bye. Now, those first four teams, though, have to play in a round-robin tournament to determine the seeding, which kind of hurts the Boston Bruins a little bit, considering that they would have been the number one seed. But at this rate, they should just be glad they have hockey. Yeah. Um, and good on the NHL for getting something out and at least propose, you know, players and owners still have to agree on it, which, but I, I have confidence that they'll do a much better job of it than baseball is doing right now, which is just embarrassing, humiliating even. What a wasted opportunity for baseball, especially since they've been losing fans the past few seasons. This would have helped bring back the fans way more than say adjusting a pitch clock would have. This was a blown chance for them, but hopefully they can still get some semblance of a season going here. Oh, I couldn't have said it any better. This is baseball's golden opportunity to take advantage of no other live sports, no live anything being available right now. I mean, the most watched thing right now is Dropkick Murphy's live at Fenway Park. You got 60,000 people watching that on YouTube. Uh, 
look, this is baseball's golden opportunity, and they're blowing it just because of some money issues. You know, we talked about that last week, so we don't have to go into it anymore. But that that that's the big issue there. It's such a shame to see. Uh, it was just announced, though, that the NBA is going to vote on its season plan on Thursday. So we have that to look forward to as well. Fantastic. I did not hear about that, but that, that's yeah, really good to hear. just broke very recently, about an hour ago, I believe. Okay. And I don't know about anything about, about football. I know they're trying to start on time. I do have other football news that just broke. Um, you remember a couple weeks ago, Andrew, we were talking about Roger Goodell and his auction to watch a game with him. Yep. And Dave Portnoy won that bid. I think he bet he bet six digits and, and won it. I, I want to say it was like five hundred thousand dollars or two two fifty. Well, guess what? Roger Goodell and uh, the people organizing this auction said is that. Roger Goodell did not pass uh, – no, excuse me. Dave Portnoy did not pass the background check. Oh, man. For the – to, to be on this uh, – to, to win this auction, which they listed all the reasons in an email to Portnoy. And it was kind of like a trip down memory lane, remembering everything that he's done. Like he falsified credentials to get into Super Bowl 53 – uh, he trespassed into NFL headquarters, a, <laughs> a number of different things. And so, I mean, in all honesty, the NFL is justified in doing this. But Goodell's just painted as a coward. That That's all it is. I mean, and that that's how it's going to be portrayed. Yeah, I definitely see the NFL's uh, viewpoint there. Like it's but, justified, but yeah, I, I, I really want to see that. Yeah. It's it's a shame we didn't get to see it, but I can't get too mad at the NFL. I kind of expected it when you told me. Yeah, I, and I think a lot of people realize that. Once they won, you know, half the people were saying, I can't wait to watch this. And the other half was just, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what are you going to do? It's sad, but big old well, corporations win again. Well, let's get right into the uh, past memories now. I've been looking Absolutely. forward to while i got a list here of great games i know you've been to quite a few so let's get right into it so andrew have you have you been to all four major sports no i have not okay okay i haven't been to the nhl but technically nfl is what i'm thinking of i went to a training camp if that counts okay yeah i've let's see i've been to three of the four have not been to a football game I have not been to a professional NFL football game. Yeah. Um, I have been to college. I have been to the XFL. I have not been to an NFL game. But so I'll get that out of the way. I feel like that's a huge disclaimer, you know, two huge sports fans, but I haven't been to all four. But I guess combined, you and I, we we have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to minor league hockey games, but I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for the Patriots, it's hard to get in. I've been saving my money, though. I wanted to see Brady play, but, I mean, I'm happy to just see a Pats game at this point. Probably you go, still have a chance. Yeah. 2021. After, yeah. Hopefully Deshaun Watson's quarterback when I go. But, <laughs> hey, you never know. 
But uh, that Pat's training camp was an interesting experience. I I can't lie. I mean, it was free, first of all. I got to see the go. It was his day off, though. But you, it was a real, like, in-depth look at a Patriots practice. I watched Bill Belichick go really hard on the guys. I mean, Nikhil Harry uh, jumped too early on a snap twice in a row, so Belichick made the whole <laughs> team run around the entirety of the field. I mean, it was a cool experience to watch that go down. You know, it's – I would love to go to something like that, like a training camp or spring training, just because for diehard fans like you and I, I, I feel like that gets an even more intricate – intricate and intimate experience in, in watching the game. You know, it's not just the entertainment of watching the big highlight plays. It You're watching how those highlight plays are practiced and made, right? Because they, they don't just get conjured up out of thin air. Yeah, definitely. It's in the training camps where these guys get to know each other, get to understand Bill Belichick's regimen. And that's where the magic happens, in my opinion. Like th- That's got to be so cool just, just to watch them. Because you and I practice – when we play major sports, you know, in Little League and whatever, you know, everybody practices. You don't necessarily imagine the pros practicing. Yeah, you're se. right. Like, and like that's you, what it was like. That's what made it so cool there. I mean, you got to actually witness the great Bill Belichick holding a practice. And the problem with MLB is spring training costs a lot of money, even more than some games. The training camp was free for the NFL which I yeah. found great, and it made it easier for, especially the Patriots, who always have a lot of money, but, uh, like, average person can't really get into their games too often. Yeah, I have a friend who lives up in Vermont, uh, near, near Burlington, and the Celtics, I believe, a few years ago went up there to, to start uh, winter or uh, summer practice. I, I forget exactly. I think it was fall, in the fall. And my friend was in in elementary school at the time, and his his dad said, "All right, Celtics are in town. You get to skip school for a day. We're going to watch the Celtics." And he said it was maybe the coolest experience he's ever been to, just just to watch all of his idols. And, that's and incredible. Also, I didn't realize the Celtics did stuff like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really cool. To be honest, I I wish they'd do something like that around here. You forget that uh, the, Patri- the Patriots fly into TF Green in Warwick. That's right. right. They don't. They don't fly into Boston in Logan. They they, they fly into Rhode Island. Yeah, I remember which, uh, headed to Super Bowl Fifty Three. I mean, my aunt said she could see it. The Patriots yeah. playing, flying over. Which is really funny. I mean, nobody gives Rhode Island credit for anything, but if anything, you got the official airport of the New England Patriots. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I only really realized that during the Super Bowl, like I said. But um, getting back to the like the games and stuff, I I wanted to do this around this weekend because of a certain anniversary I have, a personal one. Sure, go uh, ahead. So four years ago, yesterday, May 28, 2016, uh, it was the 1986 Mets 30th anniversary reunion. So they had all the guys come back to New York. They all met up at Citi Field. And they had an on-field ceremony for him, which was incredible. And my dad watched that team. And although I wasn't alive, it was still amazing to watch. I got to see those guys. Uh, Jersey Roscoe replicated that final pitch to end the World Series. And that was great to see. Uh, He hugged Gary Carter's son because Gary's no longer with us. Right. 
but it was just a great thing to watch. Now, if that wasn't interesting enough to watch, the game became one of the craziest in recent memory. Now, uh, a little context for this. In the 2015 NLGS, during Game 2, the infamous Chase Utley was running to second base on a base hit. (laughs) Uh, He's trying to break up a double play, and he knows he's going to get out. So when the shortstop, Ruben Tejada, gets the ball, and goes to touch second base, instead of aiming for a second base, he aims for Tejada and practically breaks his leg. I'm not sure what the exact diagnosis was. I can't remember. But it was just horrible. You could tell he did it on purpose. And they awarded the Dodgers the uh, run, and they even found Tejada couldn't step on the base because of what Owe did, and they called him safe. That's ridiculous. Which is egregious, yeah. I, I feel like this is the beginning of when everybody started to hate Chase Utley. Oh, definitely. Or, or, or Classless. Maybe not, Classless. If not the beginning, that's like a prime example of Chase Utley haters pointing to that example. Like, I, yeah. I remember that game. Especially for Mets fans, too. I mean, we haven't forgiven him at all. But anyways, yeah. so fast forward back to this 86 game. Syndergaard is on the mound. This is Utley's, uh, like, second game in New York since the incident. And Syndergaard throws behind Utley's back to send a message. Now, in the rule book, it's usually – it's typically two hit – uh, batters and you're out, but then if there's like a special circumstance like this, like tensions are really high, they'll make it one. Or they'll now, give you a pitch, warning. Yeah, yeah. Well, this pitch didn't even touch Utley. The umpire rejects him. Place goes nuts. Now, I was there. I All, all I saw was the ball hit the backstop, and then everybody just stood up and flipped out. I was like, what just happened? Now, by the time I got the news from people around me, I was outraged too. Because that ended up costing us the game. We didn't have anybody in our bullpen. We had to pull out a guy, get him ready. And then, of course, Utley hits a homer and then a grand slam, and the Mets lose. Yeah. And this was, this, you said this was 2016 because of the 30 year anniversary? Yeah. So, I mean, Syndergaard's at, a, at the beginning of his powers at that point, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, he had that, a great that's, basically, that's basically your ace. And you got to yank him out. Yeah, jeez. And uh, what, you said final score was five to two. Oh no no, it was like nine to one or something. Oh like nine that. to okay. nine to two something. It was like a blowout. Uh, okay. yeah. And another part of that game that became famous or infamous after Terry Collins's rant to the umpire became uh, it was mic'd up, but they released it later, and he was saying like, you know, we're on the line here. You got to give us a shot, and it became like a rallying cry for the Mets when it was released. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it became a very famous Mets moment. Well, it was still a great experience to go to, even though the loss. I got to witness a memorable Mets game, if anything. And then uh, the ceremony, outstanding. Got to see the great Keith Hernandez, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, those guys. I got to see them. That's so cool. But, yeah, and also it was a nice weekend in New York. So Uh, that's my memorable one. Yeah. Yeah. all right, I guess I'll go with my memorable one first, or my favorite sports memory, a live sports. Um, was actually, I would say, last year. Um, and when I say live sports, I because, all right, disclaimer: I I saw Game Seven of the World Series at Nationals Park. Obviously, the game was played in Houston, not Washington, but 
it was it was really cool going going to that uh su- such a cool experience going to a game seven clinching game um i'll talk about that later just because it was it was that was really cool being a part of but i don't consider that a live sporting event yeah you were talking but, about how great that was a few weeks ago i believe yeah and it hearing that just made me realize that even sometimes just the feel of a stadium right. can just be so great that even like the, the game that happens doesn't even yeah. matter sometimes just like what happened with my Mets game. And that was the thing is, so I, I got, yeah, I guess I'll go into it a little bit, but you know, showing up, we showed up a bit late. Uh, not my fault. I promise you that it was the people who were with us who aren't real baseball fans and didn't realize you need to get to a stadium early, but um, it was the night before Halloween, October 30th, right? Yep. And it was a bit misty. It was, it was not a bit misty. It was raining. I, it, was, it was raining. And I, I had a rain jacket on and cargo shorts. And after the first hour, the cargo shorts were just drenched. Because we got there late and we had to sit out in the rain instead of under uh, under the roof. And... For six and a half innings, the the Nationals were losing that game. So I was kind of miserable, like, all right, this is my National League team. I'm a Red Sox fan. Like, this isn't even my favorite team. What am I doing out here? This isn't fun. Nobody around me is happy. I had to wait an hour and a half for chicken tenders in the cafeteria line. Wait, what am I doing here? And the seventh inning came around, or whenever the Nationals made the rally, and... uh of course, that they won that game, and just the atmosphere after that was amazing, incredible. Yeah, and I mean, even just going back to the room, because I believe it was a weekday night. Like we had class the next day. I want to say, I, I'm pretty sure you might be right. And like we realized we were, we were going to get back to the room after midnight, but once we walked out of the stadium, you know the the streets were packed. Uh, you had people climbing uh, stoplights, climbing fire trucks. It, it was insane. And then a few days later, uh, you had uh, the parade, which is the first uh, first baseball parade since the 1920s. So, yeah, that's great. That o- team really lifted up that city big time. And, October you know, 30th. That was a- October 30th was a Wednesday, so. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was a memorable series. It was really one of the great underdog runs, and we've talked it about really it before. It really was. So, yeah. yeah, we don't have to get into it, but it was just a really cool thing to be a part of and as an outsider without a dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went – so I, I did go to an actual playoff game, and I went to game four of the NLDS, and that was another game where the Nationals were on the ropes. And again, it was raining. Um, by the way, I, I feel like my going to games, there's two two things that happen. Um, th- these two these two games didn't really happen, but my team loses and it rains. Hmm. I I don't I couldn't tell you the percentage of how many games it's rained, but I know that the last few they have. You know, games. Well, I got a rain story for you in a few game minutes. Four. I'll let you continue. Uh, a couple of Red Sox games I went to over the summer. It was, it's weird. It's, and then also, I'm going to games of teams that are good, 
right? The Nationals won the World Series this year. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox weren't over above 500 team. The Red Sox won the World Series last year when I went to games. But I think in the last two years, I'm like two and eight. Jeez. Of, of teams that I'm rooting for. But I got to be honest. I usually fare better than that. Go. Uh, give me, me, give a, me a rain story, though. I'm, I'm interested. Oh, in yeah. All right. So we make a Mets game an annual thing. We have. We, we've been every year since City Field opened, which was 2009. Hopefully, I mean, I doubt that streaks can continue after this year, but because the virus and all, but. Right. Uh, you get so an asterisk next to that. Yeah. So we had to have our original set game in 2018 was scheduled. So it was September game. And uh, that was fine. We got to see the Mets Phillies. The Phillies were fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I, actually, I also got to meet Howie Rose that game. He's the Mets broadcaster, and he's one of the best in the game. He's phenomenal. Yeah, and He was such a nice guy. He was so down to earth. It was like you were talking to an old friend. Such a great guy. But anyway, uh, DeGrom is supposed to pitch, and this was his breakout year. But because of the rain, they threw in, uh, I want to say, Paul Seawald, one of those like bullpen guys, to start the game because they didn't want DeGrom to get hurt in the rain, which no one understands. So they, like People are still like, why would they do that? It was a dumb move. But right. anyway, so it's it's like the fifth inning, I want to say, maybe fourth inning. Uh, I'm sitting with my dad and my little brother, who that was his first Mets game. Uh, we're just sitting watching the game, and I get a phone call, and I'm told uh, my mother, who had gone to get some food, tripped on a crate that was left lying by the door of the club we got seats in. Oh, no. And she just, it was left right in front of the door and she fell and got hurt. So we had to leave the game. Now, surprisingly, this ended up being a good thing because the Mets, because it was their fault, gave us take free tickets for a game the following year, 2019, for any seats we wanted. And we got way up close, these luxury seats at a Mets-Marlins game where Alonzo homered, Michael Conforto got his 100th homer, and Jeff McNeil homer, too. And it was a blowout win, and we were so close to the field. And it was, it was incredible. We were, like, right by the Marlins dugout. Would you say those are the best seats you've ever had? Um, That's close, because I've also been, like, three rows from the Mets dugout, too. Okay. Because so, sometimes it's we go day games, it gets empty, so we, we move up a little bit sometimes. But that time, we just had free seats. At some of the best seats in the ball club, and it was outstanding. I remember, so I, I would say dugout seats are nice. I honestly feel like I there aren't there isn't a bad seat in the ballpark. Like the the even when you consider the nosebleed seats, upper deck, like you have a great view of the field. It, yeah, it, I haven't been to a Mets game nosebleed. We usually like we do it. We go nice, you know. We right. save up for it to get nice seats oh, yeah. once a year. Instead of, of you know, the NLDS game that I went to, uh, we had nosebleed seats for a playoff game, an elimination playoff game. <laughs> tickets were twenty five bucks. Wow, that was that, that blew my mind. Like I wasn't planning on going, and then I saw the ticket price, and I was like, I, I can't pass this up. Twenty five bucks for a playoff game, like that's a bucket list. When I went down to DC, I said I want to watch a playoff game, and. That was that was the best twenty five dollars I spent this year. But hey, that's, I would, that's great. I would say the best seats that I had at a game, again, the Nationals, 
but it was an exhibition game between Nationals and Yankees. Oh, wow. Like, like before the season even started. It was the first game after spring training before the regular season. And uh, it was my friend's birthday, so we, we kind of splurged. Not not too much, though. We didn't splurge that much because it was a preseason game. But we had seats right behind home plate, maybe like 15 rows back. Wow. To the right. Beautiful view of the whole field. And I, yeah, I, I felt like that was, that was really cool. And the best part about those seats is that you can see – you can't really appreciate the mechanics of a pitcher and the arc of a breaking ball from nosebleeds, but you, you can when you're behind that home plate. You, you can see the dip, and I thought that that was awesome. Yeah, that's why you know they're that's the, why they're worth so much. It's a great experience to sit that close. It was it was less than eighty bucks. I mean, for one of the best. Uh, I, oh, it was raining that day too. I remember we showed up and it was raining, and then the sun came out. So by the beginning of the game, it was like fifty and raining. By the end of the game, it was seventy and partly sunny. So it was one of the first real days of summer. And just be able to kick back and relax with a friend and watch a baseball game. Now, it, what, it was, that was that was a lot of fun. What might actually beat my Mets game for best seats? Um, you ever hear the Mohegan Sun tournament that they do in like November every year? They got the college basketball tournaments. Yeah, I I a friend of mine finally got me to go to that, and it, it's not like I was I just hadn't really heard of it. But thank God I was introduced to that. The defending champs, Virginia, were in town. Oh, you, with... you told me about this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I've mentioned it on here. Right. Uh, St. John's and Arizona State, those were the three big schools. But they've also got some local schools, too. Uh, right. And it's, it's I want to say, um, there are, so they have the eight teams. In all, there's like 12 games the whole two days. And you buy, uh, we got tickets for both of the games, and one ticket gets you into all the games that day. And it was right. incredible. That's a great and, deal. Yeah. So I bought the ticket for like 50 bucks. And then as the crowd like sparsed out a bit as the games went on and the worst team came, I just kept sliding down the seats, getting closer to <laughs> So at one point, I was courtside. And uh, I, was, I was videoing the players warming up, and Anthony Lamb, who's uh, the best player in his entire conference. I'm trying to remember the name, but it's where Vermont is. And uh, you never know. He could end up in the NBA. He was good enough. He sees me videoing him, so he throws up a peace sign. That's how oh, close sweet. I got. Yeah, it was insane. And the next day, if that wasn't good enough, uh, it, was ES- it was on ESPN. It was the championship game, Virginia and St. John's, two actually really good schools. And it was uh, it came down to the wire to a final bu- buzzer beater attempt by Arizona State, but right. I got to meet the Virginia team. I've got pictures of me <laughs> with my arm around uh, Coach Tony Bennett, uh, Mama D- uh, Mama Diakite. I'm sorry, I forget how to pronounce. He's got that. Right. Diakite. No, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the guys. It was it was great. Because they just had to go right through the uh, concourse to get out, so people were getting their pictures with them. And I also met some Arizona State guys, too. So that was an incredible, incredible experience. Not only did I get to watch some good college basketball, but I got to meet the guys. That's so cool. Highly, highly recommend that tournament. The field's not going to be as great 
uh, the next time they do it, although I don't know if they're going to do it now with the virus, but I believe it was scheduled to be like uh, Central Florida, URI, teams like that, which URI is good, but not Virginia. Right. But I'll never forget that. That was just one of the best sports experiences of my life. That's awesome. I, you know, I was just thinking with basketball. I've I've been to a Celtics game. I had great seats there. Um, we were maybe ten rows back on 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 the um court level. Oh wow. I mean, Celtics lost, but I got to see Isaiah Thomas in his prime. That's great. Like that was that was one of the coolest things for me. Is and that that's what really got me back into watching basketball was Isaiah Thomas because I always loved the little guy. You know, Boston always seems to have that little guy. You've got Pedroia for the Red Sox. You've got uh, Edelman for the Patriots. Uh, Guess you could say Marshand. Marshand for the Bruins. Yeah, no, I got yeah the the scrappy guy. Maybe not the little guy, yeah. scrappy guy. And for years, you know, the the little guy for the Celtics was Rajon Rondo. That's right. And you know, he left, and Celtics were kind of left with nobody. And then Isaiah Thomas came along. And that was the epitome. I, I'm telling you that you watch him play, and you you just get inspired watching him. Who'd they play against? Uh, you know that's a great question because I don't even know. But <laughs> like I I even I don't have tickets to that game. I don't. I think I only have a picture of Isaiah Thomas hitting a jumper. Wow. And a picture of me, and I don't have any other recollection of the game. My one Celtics game. Uh, I bought tickets with work money this uh, December and I got to see the game where Jalen Brown got his career high points. He and Tatum both got over 30 points or over four. I, yeah, I think it was over 30 points. That's and awesome. They destroyed the Cavs. It was a great game. I was high up, but they were good nosebleeds. TD Garden actually has some decent nosebleeds. Yeah. Like it they was, were... it was $50 tickets, but like it was in the front rows of the upper deck, which was totally sold out the whole upper deck. I couldn't spot an empty seat. Which I feel like when you're buying tickets, the, like the front row of the upper deck are better seats than like the last row of the next upper deck. You know what I'm saying? I'd believe that with how good these seats were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thinking about basketball, um, I've been to one Wizards game. And I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was a very high scoring game. Uh, my sister was visiting in D.C. and she was exhausted after the day. So we, we kind of just left uh, before the game ended. Yeah, which, I heard they were which, which to me, anything special. Yeah, to, to me, uh, leaving before a game ends is like sacrilege. But same. Uh, we for this one time, we I let it slide. Um, yeah, but, the most excruciating thing for me with that sort of thing, we're uh, arriving at the Mets game one year. Uh, I think it was also 2016, and we're, it's like an hour before the game or something. I can see the stadium. Then there's a whole line of traffic oh, so no. long that we didn't actually get into the stadium till the first inning. So it took an hour to drive literally like a mile. That's nuts. It was, it was so painful for me. as like one of those fans that can't get there away and can't leave early. Oh, it was, that was for me for leaving for game seven. Really? It was, yeah, because we were trying to get, yeah, right. I, I was going with uh, four of the friends, one of <laughs> which was a huge baseball fan. And the other three kind of like wanted to be there for, for the moment didn't really care about the game and they were talking to friends in the, in the cafeteria trying to go and my friend and I was like let's go let's go like we got to get there early I don't, I don't think you guys realize that I'm like oh we'll be fine it's a 45 minute metro ride to the stadium we'll be okay and then sure enough 
we have to sit in the rain for three hours. But no, I, I hate that. I hate showing up late and I hate leaving early. Yeah, I know. It always seems to happen with the high school football games for some reason. I mean, the traffic down Westerly is bad for those because it, it's a nice experience to go to. I mean, I, even my friends who don't like sports at all love going to those. It's a nice Westerly, atmosphere. Westerly high school football games are special. And yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it gets enough appreciation. Around Westerly and Rhode Island, it, or around Westerly it does. I don't think it does in Rhode Island, New England. No, they don't even put our scores in the Providence Journal. It's ridiculous. No. And uh, well, we've got the oldest Thanksgiving football game, which we're probably gonna be robbed of this year, my senior year. I don't know. I I'm gonna hold out hope for that. Just I don't. Yeah, I, I hope so, man. I hope so. Uh, that was gonna be special. I've never been to a Thanksgiving one at Westry the whole time because my sophomore year it was like it was the coldest game in recent memory, and I couldn't. I was gonna get frostbite <laughs> if I stayed past the first quarter. Yeah. I was not in Rhode Island at that time, so I wasn't able to go. But it's it's a really fun experience to go because you basically yeah, especially got... when you go there, it's just all your friends are right there. It's so right. not, I know a lot of band kids too. You've got the combined communities of Westerly and Pawcatuck, uh, right, Stonington as a whole, just showing up for this one football game. It's like the whole town's there. Yeah, it's you know, really and cool. Those Friday nights are really special for everyone, and you get to see the band do their great thing, like I said, the dance team, and everybody's just there having a good time. And Westry usually destroys the opponents past few years they have, at least. Yeah, uh, no kidding, especially, what, two years ago now? Yeah. That, that was a massacre. Well, um, getting back to, like, the ball games and stuff, I've got – all right, I should get this one done. The best baseball game I've been to in my life. The best sporting event for the game. wise like I've talked about experience. This is for the game. Okay. I'm, I had to have mentioned this game previous episodes. But I'll just give another summary. The Red Sox Indians, August 1st, 2017. Chorus of Westerly sang the national anthem. Uh, that's that's right. how I got in because my brother was involved. And Chris Sale and I want to say it was uh, Carrasco for the Indians. Two great pitchers both give up five runs. So it's like it's five five like in like the third inning. Both teams are going back and forth. These are two of the best teams in the American League at the time. Lindor homers and Carnacion, I believe he homered. Uh, and then the Red Sox just kept coming back. What a game that was. Austin Jackson of the Indians at the time had that incredible flipping catch over the wall. And I mean, even all of us rooting for the Red Sox. We're in shock, and the place like people were cheering loud. It was one of the it was the greatest p- play I've seen personally in my life. It was it was unbelievable, and I I befriended a young uh, Indians fan in the row behind me, and he was so happy. That's that awesome. Kid. Uh, but the Red Sox were down to their last strike in the ninth inning, uh, facing Andrew Miller, I believe, and a wild pitch let them uh, tie the game. I believe. Or, no, no. <laughs> That didn't that let them get within one run? It wasn't even tying the game, if I remember right. No, I think like you're right. To... You're right. You're right. Yeah, and then uh, Christian Vasquez hits a three-run home run, and the Red Sox win 12-10. The place went. No, nah, I was like, I was losing my voice, and I'm a Mets fan. Think about that for a sec. That was unbelievable. It was an unreal event. That's phenomenal. Would you say? I, okay, I, I guess I'll separate best game from best like individual performance yeah just because because i i've got one clearly in mind for the latter best game 
um, I think would be the first game I was in DC for. Uh, and Nationals Angels. No, excuse me, Nationals Cardinals. And I believe it was Labor Day weekend. Hot as could be. Like, I think it was 95 degrees. And we, we had seats back in center field. No protection from the sun whatsoever. And we were dying. And I remember they had a promotion that day. And they gave out they gave out hoodies for promotion on ninety five degree great. weather. I remember my friends and I got that. And I was like, "Wow, like they really have no no self awareness, do they?" But it was a great game because the Nationals were down, and then ninth inning, Bryce Harper ties it, and then first game, only game I've ever seen that goes to extra innings. Wow. And Bryce Harper wins it with a walk-off. That's awesome. That that was cool. Yeah, walk-offs are always special. And, I mean, I've seen some good pitching performance if we want to talk about individual games. Uh, most recent one, Red Sox Mariners. I was spending the day in Boston. We got to do, like, all the typical Boston stuff in one day. Even a Red Sox game was great. But Chris Sale uh, shut out the Mariners. It was, like, a four-hitter or something. And they won 5 nothing. It, it was a great pitching performance. Another game, uh, I saw R.A. Dickey, if you remember him, the knuckleballer. Of course. During his Cy Young season, 6-1 uh, to one against the Miami Marlins in the first year, them being the Miami Marlins. But he allowed only a few hits, maybe like three or four. Um, and I, I was not aware of this at the time. I think I kind of knew. But going back through baseball reference, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I saw that? <laughs> Same with the Johan Santana complete game, too, in, like, my second game. I had no idea, but then I looked back on baseball reference. And then another thing I found out, I saw Ichiro's last game as a Mariner before he returned, the day before he was traded to the Yankees. Either I totally forgot about that or I had no clue. I knew I was watching Ichiro, but I didn't know he's traded the next day. Yeah. Crazy the stuff you find out online. Absolutely. I remember – Let's see. So my, my my greatest individual performance is actually Chris Sale as well. Um, last year, early May, uh, I took my friend who had never seen a baseball game in his life. Uh, he and I went on a trip to Boston. You know, kind of spent the whole day walking around. It was raining, of course. Um, it, it, I take that back. It had rained the night before. And it, so it was very damp when we walked around Boston. Uh, walked basically from Southside to Fenway Park. And when we showed up, uh, it was a bobblehead day, so we got the bobbleheads for J.D. Martinez. And when I, when I said that there isn't a bad seat in the ballpark, I mean that. But if there is a bad seat, it's got to be the grandstand seats in Fenway when you're sitting behind those huge pillars. Yeah. Because you're going to have a small strip of the infield just completely blocked off. Yeah, that's about like where from, I was. From where we were, Indians. from where we were, it was blocking off like back of shortstop, which isn't a, isn't a deal breaker, but you kind of want unobstructed view. But at any rate, I'm glad it was that because Chris Sale had the night of his life. That was when he pitched his uh, career high in strikeouts. Oh, wow. Against the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, I was going to say that. I remember that game. Wow. You caught at that. 17 strikeouts in, I believe it was eight innings. Seven, no, seven innings. 
which is just uh that doesn't make sense yeah no it does okay seven 17 strikeouts seven innings and it was it was the, the atmosphere was just electric because the Jeez. Red Sox had the lead going up through there. Uh, that was one of the coolest when he got that 17 strikeout. That was one of the coolest crowd reactions I've seen. Because I mean, and I recorded it thankfully, just because you can hear everybody getting up for the pitch, and he throws the pitch and you hear everybody go quiet, and then swing and a miss and everybody goes nuts. Yeah. That, 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 it, it, I mean, you had to experience it in person. Those are the and, moments, man. Yeah. And the Red Sox lost that game, which I'm still shocked that they did. Because I mean, that was that was just the epitome of their bullpen woes. But I think overall, um, that that was a that was a great memory, great pitching performance. Michael Chavis hit a home run that nobody could see. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember that. I don't think that gets remembered as much as Chris Sale striking out 17 people, but. He came up to bat and hit an absolute moonshot over the monster, but it was so f- he hit it so far that on video recordings it looked like it was foul. And, wow! But they called it a fair ball and home run. I believe John Boy did a a uh, YouTube video about it because the video angle that shows that it was foul, the ball was so far beyond the foul pole that it it was fair when it crossed the foul pole. Jeez. And then tailed. Like, I believe I, I think Statcast had it like 450, 450 foot home run. That thing was it had to be 500. I've never seen a ball crush harder than that was. Like Michael Chavis can't hit a fastball for the life of him, but hits absolute moonshots on breaking balls. Hey, those are the plays you buy tickets to see, man. That's yeah. nuts. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, my favorite two home runs I saw were the Christian Vasquez one I was talking about, which thank God I have on film, and uh, Pete Alonso. It wasn't anything like super special as far as like moonshots like that, but I had gone in wanting to see one of Alonso's home runs. It was his record-breaking season last year, and it was in the first inning. I like this it <laughs> skyrocketed. Like I lost it in the sky, and I was just like, "Yeah, I did it! I saw one." First That's inning, awesome. it was great. But uh, I, I'm going to segue here for a bit. I see one on my list I want to talk about. Sure. So I've mentioned in the past the Connecticut Tigers or Norwich Sea Unicorns, whatever they're called now, uh, <laughs> how I, I like to <laughs> go to are, those games. I, I like to go to those games a lot. But the problem with it is it's so low, you rarely ever see uh, minor leaguers rehab. Now, my la- what might have actually been the last game ever there that I went to, because they might not get a chance to play ever because the state the minor leagues are in right now. Yeah. But uh, out of all the players to finally rehab there, it's Jeff McNeil of the Mets. Oh, wow. We, we only knew that as we were leaving to the ballpark. I checked my phone. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the team website beforehand, and the Cyclones, it's like, Jeff McNeil's rehab. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was a doubleheader. <laughs> So we had to choose which game to go because we couldn't really stay for both. Luckily, we chose the first one. I get there early. Uh, my little brother's with me, too. We got to meet him. He gave my brother a ball without us even saying anything. Oh, wow. Uh, he's signing all the autographs. He's such a nice guy, too. We were, I was just talking to him a little. Then during the game, when he was on, duck, uh, on deck, 
I was like, hey, man, good luck out there. And he's like, yeah. And then, like, we were just talking to him during the game. That's insane. And it you, was, that would never happen in a major league game. That would only happen at Connecticut Tigers or Pawtucket Red Sox game. I know. It was unforgettable. And I was just saying stuff to him when he was on deck. And I, after the game, I held up my brother. I was like, hey, we want to thank you for everything, you know, today. This was great. And he's like, oh, no problem, man. You know, it, it was great. That type of interaction. That's what we're going to lose, sadly. That's what it's about. And I don't think people understand that with all, all this talk about the made, the minor leagues getting cut down, like regardless of COVID-19, even beforehand, Major League Baseball wanted to cut down the minor league baseball. You you lose all that interaction. Yeah. Like it's it's not about the game so much. It's about the interaction. It's about it's just like a practice squad. You're getting the fundamentals down so you can make it to the big show. Yeah, and you see the future stars too. I'm sure I've mentioned my Tim Tebow sto- story there too. How I just walked into the dugout. I was like, "Can I have a picture?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> no, I <laughs> did not hear that. Oh well, my mom sings the anthems at the uh, Paw Sox and Tigers, yes. and I was on the field. And my mom, I was like, "Oh, I hope we get to meet Tim." And she was like, "You know what? Let's just go in there and see what happens." And we did, and he was nice about it. And I got my picture with Tim Tebow. That's it was nuts. awesome. You've met a bunch of people at minor league games. Yeah, but Mo Vaughn, Carlton Fisk. Yeah, so well, you just named like two Boston legends there. And they, then Tim Tebow and Jeff McNeil. Like, who, who else have you met? The key is go, going the Hall of Fame days. Yeah. If, if Too bad the Pawsocks won't do that again, but that's what we did. I thought, I was like, these Hall of Fame games, it said meet and greet. So I was like, I mean, I've got to go to that. One of them was, um, the Mo Vaughn one was my birthday too. That's insane. Yeah. It, it really was, and that, I, that's what I'm going to miss so much, meeting these guys. Another uh, Paw Sox game, too. It's not a major leaguer, but uh, a guy, shoot, the name is leaving my head, but one of the Paw Sox makes this outstanding catch to rob a grand slam. It was like the, sec- it was the second best catch I've ever seen. Second Rosny to Castillo. The... No, it's not him. <laughs> it's a uh... – <sighs> yeah, I'll look it up while I'm talking. But – um. Yeah, he makes this outstanding catch over the wall like that, a reaching his glove over, just robbing uh, a home run. And then after the game, it's autograph day, and I just get to meet the guy. I'm like, hey, uh, great catch out there. And then the guy next to him, the catcher, is like, man, don't do that. That's just going to give him a big head. And they're all cracking up. That's you, awesome. That... You don't get to have those interactions anymore. Awesome. No, you're uh, baseball's in a... gone. You're kind of in a prime uh the past few years have been prime for that just because you never really hear about those interactions uh, early on in the, in the 20th century. Like there wasn't a lot of player to fan interaction. Like that's only started to come about recently. And now uh, with the minor leagues starting to go away in Southern New England, you know, you're going to start losing that. And it, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record by the end of it, but, I mean, I, I I did not have any experiences with meeting famous players at minor league games, but I feel like if I went to enough, I, w- I would start to get that. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, that was Cole Sturgeon, the player okay. who made the catch. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess I've been really lucky with that. Another one, this isn't minor league, but the Newport Goals had the all-star game for that league. And uh, me and a couple friends went, and we just went on the field, and we got so many autographs from those guys. And that game, I keep forgetting about this. 
one of the teams was down seven to one in like the seventh inning, and it ended at seven seven tie. Wow. With the base and the final play was a bases loaded strikeout. Jeez. Yeah, they don't do extra innings for some reason there. But I mean, that was crazy too. I forgot. I keep forgetting about that game too. It's funny as you, you start to go back in the memories because you know I, I had some games that I I had listed that I, I knew I wanted to talk about. And I've got other games that I completely forgot about. And games that I was supposed to go to but end up not going. Right? Because yep. there was there was one thing at the end of March uh this year where you know as you know, I'm I'm doing this podcast here. I have a radio show in Washington, DC. I do play by play broadcasting for Catholic University baseball. That's right. And the Washington Wizards had a uh, sports journalism, uh, sports business, uh, some sort of seminar that was going to be offered uh, for anybody that bought a ticket. And the Catholic University School of Business happened to have a bunch of free tickets. And my co-host, who's in the business school, was able to get these. He said, hey, you, myself, and our friend, we're, we're going to go. And along with it, you know, you got to meet some of the players. You had uh, this whole seminar, and then you got free tickets to the Wizards-Celtics game later that night. Wow. Which, that would have been awesome. And then spring spring break happened, and COVID-19 happened, and it uh, it all got canceled. But yeah, I, that's I, I, that, I felt like that, that would have been really cool, and I hope they do that again next year, because I, I would love to do that. I remember hearing about that, and I, I feel really bad. It's another thing COVID stopped that, you know, it's a shame that it got stopped. And I, I bet they will do it again, hopefully, you know. Uh, yeah, you, it just stinks. It'll all just get kind of meshed together with next year and everything that they were planning for next year. Like them, Yeah, that's them, right. Them, them's the breaks. It happens. Well, I'm looking at my list here, trying to see what else, what other good games are worth mentioning. Uh, how much time we got left? We got about ten minutes. All right. I, all right. I do have another game I wanted to mention. Go ahead. Uh, this was a while ago. This is 2016, and I don't think we realized it at the time, but it was Big Poppy's last home game against the Yankees. Wow. And it was a Saturday, which I mean, series go Friday to Sunday. But I don't think people realize that the Red Sox were going to have Poppy sit out on Sunday. So as it as it happened, this was his last game. And it was a come-from-behind come victory, too. I think the Red Sox were down going into the ninth inning. And I, I, I believe they ended up winning on the wild pitch. Wow. So that was a really cool game. I don't really have a lot of memories about it. But I, I remember I was looking back on YouTube uh, a couple months back, and I and I kept thinking in my head like that looks really familiar. Like I I feel like I remember watching that play. I was like, oh wait, I was in the stance for that. <laughs> <laughs> like I I know Bogarts hit a wall ball double, scored a couple runs. I think Pedroia had a big day. Poppy didn't get any big hits, but you know, yeah. they watched the Red Sox. It, it was pretty good. That that was another cool memory that I remember. Yeah, oh, what was it? What was your What was your first baseball game? Uh, my first major game. Yeah, I'm not sure about minor. I'm pretty sure this yeah, is the first overall game. But yeah, uh, Mets Cardinals. I 
really don't have any memories aside from home videos and uh, baseball reference, what those gave me. Mets, Cardinals, uh, David Wright, Homer. This is all from baseball reference again. What year, I totally what year was this? 09, first okay. year of City Field. I was six. Uh, David Wright homered. They destroyed the pool host Cardinals. <laughs> That's right. He's probably going to be the uh, first Hall of Famer, I see. Him or Itro. But, uh, yeah, it, it, we, it, that was probably some of our worst seats. Thank God it was one I can't remember. It's really a shame, though, as time goes on, you just forget stuff. And I, I feel like I'm, like, old when I'm saying this. Like, this is something someone older would say, but I'm, I'm 16. Yeah, I do feel old reminiscing about these. saying that, but... Um, I always get upset. I don't know how you feel about this, but I really get upset when I see people holding phones up during all these huge moments and, like, phone recording them. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, yeah, I, I feel I like... Yeah, I learned that the hard way, sadly. It was at the Red Sox Indians game. I was focused on getting as many pictures as I could to keep. But I right. ended up, you know, I mean, I I mean, it's cool. I have, like, a Lindor homer on video. That was cool. It's not like I was doing it for Instagram. Or I was just keeping... The, I wanted to, like, keep a record of it. Right. But I, I do regret the amount of pictures I took there, you know, instead of I, just living. I think I watched a a year-by-year final pitch of the World Series uh, from, like, 1990 to present. And it, it was kind of sad going, like, for the first 15, 20 years, everybody's there to watch a baseball game. And the one final strikes recorded, everybody goes nuts. And then you go to the Washington Nationals winning in 2019, and everybody's holding up their phones to record it. And then when the yeah. final strikes recorded, everyone kind of, like, raises one fist, like, Yay! That was it. Yeah, it's a like, shame. I, I feel like there should be a lot more excitement about that. Yeah, yeah. If if I and I fall into end the up... trap too, like I've I've recorded stuff. Like oh like, yeah, no, everybody. It's 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 just you want to keep the memory because that's the other. It's it's kind of a double edged sword because I don't remember too. I remember more from pictures too of older games. And that's like the parents I don't have. Yeah, the ones I don't have too many pictures of. I don't remember as so like. The, the Ichiro game, for example, the one I talked about earlier, that was Rays right. Mariners. I, I, when I realized that was Ichiro's last game, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying, let me look at the pictures. And I look and there's barely anything. I'm like, that's it? I'm not yeah. going to remember anything. There are some games that you'll never forget, and then other games where you feel like you should remember, but it's, it's kind of in the back of your memory there. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there are some things. Thing. Uh, this isn't the major four sports. I saw Team USA play soccer against Cuba of all countries. Wow. They played uh, where the DC United team plays. And forgive me, I can't remember the name of the field, but it's right down the street from Nationals Park. Mm-hmm. And we had nosebleed seats, but right behind the goal. So, and <laughs> it's funny just remember, I, I'm never going to forget this because the US absolutely destroyed Cuba as they should. And we were up maybe uh the next to highest row in the whole stadium and it's really it's really steep it's it's not a gradual rise it's like it's a steep rise so i was getting down looking getting like fear of heights looking down and right behind us we had a dozen of the heaviest drinking germans i've ever met (laughs) all all speaking in german (laughs) and they were kind of laughing at us and teasing whenever we got up and cheered and uh my friend my roommate who's a german major he could understand them and he started 
at one point during the match turned around and started talking to them in German and they were so taken aback. <laughs> and yeah, so there there are games that you'll never forget. <laughs> but I going back to my first game was actually 2009. Uh believe it or not, it was in Texas. Uh Rangers wow. versus Angels. Jeez. And how that happen? Um well, my brother goes not goes he went to school out in dallas texas and we were out for a visit and he was like hey uh tickets are pretty cheap we'll go out to a baseball game and we sat on third base side i was wearing a frisco rough riders hat which is the minor league team for texas mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was pretty cool texas won in a blowout i remember that uh but that yeah 2009 so i was nine nine years old which is funny because you know we talk about all these games that we've been to. Yeah. My parents are not heavily invested in sports. And you, you, you find that your early exposures to sports is as much as, as your family will allow. Right. Because yeah, a, lot of, a lot of, a lot a lot of my early sports memories are on the radio. And then when we finally got cable TV on the cable television, like I didn't, I didn't start uh, investing in baseball games on a regular basis until like two years ago. Well, luckily for me, I've got uh, a dad who's been going to Mets games for the since the eighties. Yeah. So, and that's... Uh, I looked out there. The other sports are a little harder though, because I'm the only one really into uh, like hockey, basketball, and football. Yeah, that's and that's something I want to do. And I, you know, if I get married and have a family, and have kids, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I take them to the ball game as often as I can. For me, I'm hoping that's take your son to work day or take your daughter <laughs> to work day. Yeah, I, honestly, I. No, I agree with that, and aspire for that as well. Um, yeah, and I mean, I we've both, I mean, listening for this past hour of these great stories, we both already witnessed so many great ones, and we're already we're both pretty young. Yeah, we're so, very I mean, lucky. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, saying like, "Oh, I didn't go to any baseball games." Like I've been very. Oh yeah, blessed. yeah. But. But like it, it should only get better for us, really. Exactly. Like we're we're in our prime right now. So <laughs> to, to quote Val Kilmer from Tombstone, "No, sir, I'm in my prime." But Andrew, have anything else? Because we're we're nearing an hour right about now. Well, I mean, this was this was one of our best shows. I have to be honest. I had a lot of fun. I lost track of the time for a while there. Yeah, I did too. I'm lucky. <laughs> I I have the time bottom right on my computer screen right now, and I looked and I was like. Oh my God, we're an hour through already. Yeah, and I mean, that, I was hoping this would end up like this. I mean, a whole hour of just the best sports memories live, which is as good as it gets. And I mean, hopefully we'll be able to do that again soon enough. And I, f- I feel like we can go back to that. Uh, just just because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I didn't even talk about that I didn't even think about. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think we even mentioned a football or hockey game that we went to. Yeah, I just went a little bit about training camp. I got a good P. Bruins one. I haven't even. Yeah, so if you want to, if you want to hear those stories, just stay tuned to the podcast, and we'll bring them up eventually. Oh yeah. But Andrew, it's been a lot of fun hearing your stories. It's been a great show. Great show. I'm happy. Well done. This is good. I gotta pray that this recorded right. I'm we're we're doing Zoom right now, and it says recording. I bet so, it is. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Stay As safe. always. And fans, until next week, stay safe, stay healthy.
Take care.